Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi fantasy and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Tech War, episodes seven and eight. You cheated to win. Let me tell you something. Good cop always uses surprise to his advantage. Oh, like a cheap trick. You know what they say, all is fair in love and destruction. Ha, so you mean you cheated to win, huh? Honey, it was just a game, you know? Yeah, well, play that shit! Hey, everybody, and welcome uh, to Continuum Drag. What's real, Jordan? I don't know. How many episodes have we done at this point? Uh, seems seems like I've watched a million Tech War episodes. We're, uh, we're, we're getting in there. We're, we're not quite halfway through, but we're, get, we're getting close. I'll just say right off the bat, um, Tech War really sent me into spiraling into a depression last week. I just I hated it so much. This week, I think I'll come back. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking over the precipice of the depression. You're, not because the episodes are so much better. I just, I don't know. You just have... Uh, What's the disease you get when you're a hostage? Oh, uh... Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. You've got Stockholm Syndrome. I I was sure you were going somewhere else with that. That, I don't know what it was. What's that disease you get when you're a hostage? Uh, What is it? Polio. Polio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we get too far along, I hear you have a Shatner story for us. Yeah, so I'll I'll try to tell this story, and please keep your expectations very, very low. I've mentioned it to Luke, uh, as we've spoken this week, as my 15-second William Shatner story. Um, a little background is I'm currently working with someone who worked on Tech War, but uh, that's all I'll say because I don't know if this person wants me to mention anything about them. But So we were having to be driving somewhere this week, and I said, hey, you worked on Tech War. Can you tell me any Tech War stories? And uh, he didn't really have much, but he he did say at one part, he said, well, we, uh, we went to a party one time, and uh, uh, Bill was there. And he was drinking a lot of Long Island iced teas. I'm pretty sure he just thought they were iced tea. And he got really drunk and then said, hey, I'm going to show everyone my karate. And then he did a bunch of karate moves. Amazing. That's the whole story. That, oh, such a good party. Yeah. Yeah, such a good party. What do you think his karate moves are? I assume it's similar to the impersonation people do of Elvis doing karate. Just a lot of flailing, oh, flailing had, of hands he would have had a late elvis body at that point too so. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah it's like a good it's a, a good 76 visual. a 76 elvis body yeah. is similar to a 94 shatner body yeah i think i think i can envision it pretty good pretty yeah. good so pretty good story i know i'll, I'll I, see I if i can it. i see if i can pepper for any more yeah see what else is kicking around yeah. um also, just not realizing you're drinking long iced teas. This yeah. is a regular. Well, well, all the, all of the the because um, I've I've now spoken to a couple people that have worked with him on a couple projects, and and unfortunately, all the stories sort of have the ring of he seems like a kind of um, confused man. So shall we shall we get into it? Before, episode seven. Before we get into episode seven, mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research to get nice. to get a little deeper into TechWare for us, and mm-hmm. I I dug into uh, TechWare's fandom. Mm-hmm. That should have taken all of 10 seconds. It's not a lot. You're right. It's uh, pretty, pretty slim pickings out there. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of give you a general idea of how how little love remains right, for, tech there for Tech War. There is a Facebook page. Oh, is it really? 44 people have liked the page. Yeah. And 42 people follow it for updates. Right. So 42 people liked it. And then two of them uh, went, now oh, one more time. Oh, well, I don't need to know. I don't need to know what's going on with Tech War. Right, right. I just, I just know I like it. Uh, no one has updated anything on it since like 2002, though. So it's been dead for a while. There is a subreddit for it. Really? Uh, there are only eight subscribers mm. and have only ever been 12 posts. And almost all of them are speed runs of the video game. All right. <laughs> However, of the 12, there were two worth mentioning. One of them was just a photo of Shatner in a one-piece bathing, a one-piece bathing suit climbing out of a pool. Oh. Uh, now, now my, my question was, was the picture from the front or the back? Oh, from the front. Huh. It's, uh, it, it, uh, it's quite erotic. And the <laughs> most recent post from 28 days ago, which I was so glad was there because I had totally forgot about this. But the, I can't, the heading for it was, this is, people ask me why I subscribe to this dead Reddit. And it was just a screen cap from The Simpsons 
uh, Principal Skinner saying, well, the kids have to learn about tech war sooner mm-hmm. or later. You know what's funny? I have that ready to go to put on Instagram. I, I wanted to find something. I wanted to find some sort of like fan of the show. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, there's got to be someone. There were five-star reviews for the complete like series DVD. Right. None of them were jokes. There were only 12 of them. And there seemed to be some genuine people who liked it there. Like one guy talked about his Sega with the series and how he used to own it on Laserdisc. And then he started taping it off of TV on VHS, which he transferred to DVD-Rs and was just so finally happy that someone had released a DVD set of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So he had uh, he'd been following it for a long time. On a side note, isn't it weird that people feel that they need to give that much information in their review? Like, no one cares what you did. It was his whole history with Tech War. Yeah, but no one cares. He spent a long time trying to find the perfect copies of it. What a waste of time. What's his name? Hey, Jim, whatever. What a waste of time. No one cares about your stupid review and your uh, stupid opinion on your stupid show. That's right. <laughs> be one of those episodes oh good i, I mean <laughs> i'm sure that's what people are yelling at their music devices right now as they listen to right this. yeah oh yeah stupid voice no one cares one person in their five-star review noted bill is a little heavier mm-hmm. uh which i thought was rude yeah it's true though and then one person's review had the headline finally canada gets it right mm-hmm. uh and midway through the review he said well i'm from the states but I was quick to nab my own copy and have no problem shelling out money to another country, if that's what it takes. There's a lot to unpack there. It was, it was, um, there's no problem shelling out money to another country, if that's what it takes to get a copy of Tech War. But put that in your cap, because Canada finally got it right. Yeah, they finally got it right. It took a while, but Tech War was it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was uh, really funny. There's far more writing about the video game online than uh, this series. show. It, no one cares about this show. All well, right. on, that, on that note, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into this show. No one cares about it. All right. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about episode seven, Killer yeah. Instinct. Here's a synopsis. A cop is gunned down by an upstanding teenager. His father blames a VR game. The manufacturer denies responsibility. Jake finds a hacker, has put a virus in the game. The virus starts showing up in many other places, including... The police network. Yep. But yeah, that's that's basically how it starts. There's this kid just like going crazy on the street. When two two cops try to stop him from vandalizing a payphone, he shoots one of those cops dead, that kid. I didn't realize at the time that that was going to be like the catchphrase because what did you say? You're destroyed, sucker. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. So once the cop is shot dead by this kid, we jump forward into the Cosmo offices where the like Harris Booth, who I guess owns the company that made the game... And Sid and Jake, they're watching a newscast where the parents are blaming the company for, like, causing their kid to go crazy. And Harris has hired Cosmo, I guess, to, like, prove that that's not the case. And it's weird because I guess it's really not. Like, he'd already pulled the games off the shelf months ago. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Pirated copies floating around. I thought, oh, no, it's going to be one of these, like, video games cause violence. And the thing is, the episode's not really about that. But I think it kind of wanted to be but just is too clumsy to be able to handle even any sort of moralizing. Yeah, they they, they back away very quickly from the idea yeah. that video games cause violence, which is interesting because I, I had a quick look and like Killer Instinct had been released probably like six months before the episode, hence the name mm. of the episode. So there obviously was like a thought that crossed the writer's head, but like they, they really moved past that idea very quickly. I, what I like in this scene is that for no reason at all, Sid seems really annoyed. Sid yeah. seems to be really pissed off with this guy. This is um, uh, an actual problem that Tech War has, uh, inconsistencies of the characterization. So it's like they just needed someone to be angry about bureaucrats for some reason. And so like, oh, we'll just have Sid say that. It was, And it seemed out of character because all, again, let's recap. All we know about him is he likes donuts. He likes technology, and I don't know. And he's not good at jumping. He's not good at jumping. So it's like, why? Where, where did this come come from? I think what it is, they seem to be like in the game. He's like, you can kill a cop, and I'm really mad at that idea that you would make a game like that. Though I will say, almost immediately, the the client leaves, and we meet I know. Danny. I know. Jake's son. I wrote in all exclamation mark. I put, wait, Cardigan's son? This changes everything. <laughs> I, I get that probably there's some back history for these the movies and things that we're missing, but there's been no mention of a family ever, 
ever. This is somewhat serialized in that we've seen that there are, are actually repercussions for th some things. People might die or leave on these shows. But d I'm assuming this kid's never going to show up again because... Also, only reason for Danny to show up is so Cardigan can have another partner that's not Sid. Which is which happens in every episode. Who's going to be the partner this time as Sid sits around eating donuts? And this time it's Danny, some little weaselly little punk who we don't know anything about. And he just shows up and suddenly he's in charge. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jake immediately needs Danny. I love what he said, actually. He asks his son if he can get him a pirate copy. And, and Danny says, just take a nanosecond. I can get one on the Matrix if you want to scope it out. Just take a nanosecond. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Kids love to pirate. Yeah. Uh, just like today, kids love to pirate games and tech war. Have they explained what the Matrix is? Is the Matrix just the internet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the Matrix is just the internet. So this is kind of a father-son bonding moment. They both get to play, they both put on their VR helmets and they yeah. play cooperatively, they play a game. And like, we've just seen that this is like the most controversial game. Like, everyone's really upset. <laughs> and they go in and they're just playing two cops shooting at tech heads. And I just wrote down, I'm like, this is just Cardigan's life. Like, yeah. this is just what he does on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's not like there was anything uh, explicitly violent or horrible. It wasn't, you know, you always hear about different video games, like Duke Nukem, you could get a stripper to, to flash you, or whatever these games, and parents get very upset. There was nothing in this game. It they actually were, seemed like a pretty lame game. They were playing the cops. Like, I was just like, yeah. they're on the side of law and order here. And then, uh, of course, we encounter the thing that caused the other kid to go crazy, which is a weird red spiral in the game, which uh, causes Danny to get very aggressive. So that when him and his dad decide to go uh, fight each other in the game, Danny gets very angry when Jake very easily defeats him yeah. and starts smashing up the Cosmo office. Yeah, but to be fair, he just was acting like a teenager. Jake doesn't see his kid very often, so he doesn't know how he normally behaves. So he thought yeah. this was out of uh, out of character. Um, also, they mentioned at this point they mentioned the Matrix police. Did you did you catch that? I did. I did. did you talk about bureaucracy. There's too many levels of police in this in society. Someone's got to police the internet, Jordan. Yeah. Just like today, it's too free. And the Matrix police, I guess, sounds cool. But like, if you said Internet police. That's not cool. The internet police. They're very effective, though, because they immediately, as soon as they find this virus is in this pirated version of the game, they immediately delete all versions of it off the internet. I'm just like, very efficient. I don't know why they didn't help that guy get the pirated games down earlier. Nika, of course, figures out that the red spiral he sees is actually a virus in the game that, at, what does she say here, that produces a pulse that stimulates the limbic system, mm -hmm. which I guess causes uh, aggression in people. Yeah, they, they, they did about as much research as you and I do before we're uh, doing true. this podcast. I did like this scene with Nika because they walked to her computer. I know what you're going to say. When she walks over, she uses the other girl's computer. Was that it? It was that. Yeah. Was that another girl's computer? They yeah. I, I noticed they walked over to a computer and started using it. And then there was just a fourth person standing there with them. I'm like, oh, is this a new character? I'm like, no, just an extra standing very close to them as if she's part of the team. What, what I think they were trying to do is that Nika's so like on top of everything. She's just like, I need another computer. And she just went over and she didn't even say thank you to that person. Like imagine you're just at work they and someone comes over. They didn't acknowledge her at all. Someone just comes over and, and takes your computer. Like I need this for a minute. I'd be like, whoa, 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 slow your horses. It was a, this is a non-point. It barely comes up. I just want to bring it up because it had a great, there's just a great line about the future. Nika's like, there's only three hackers could do it. And none of them obviously have done it. They, she just mentions them. But one of them is from the People's Republic of Quebec. Here's what's funny, though. Okay, so in the future, Quebec has separated. And um, they're communists now. Yeah, but like, why did they, they would just call themselves Quebec. Come on. No, China helped them. The People's Republic of China was the key ally. That's what they're implying? A hundred percent. There's no way that China is going to help Quebec separate from Canada. It's the People's Republic of Quebec. Anyways, it made me laugh too. Red Quebec. Red <laughs> Quebec. So they kind of now know they're looking for a hacker who's putting some sort of violence virus into these games. Thankfully for them, the hacker uploads a new copy of the game and they can figure out where that address is being uploaded. So they run off to that house where they bump into... Lieutenant Winger. Yeah, he's back. I, I always just, I never catch his name, so I always just refer to him as, like, a, he looks like a Klingon with a, who's had his forehead ironed. Because it's like something a little bit off with him, but not enough. Like, and actually to the point where I feel bad, I'm like, maybe that's just how the actor looks. Maybe they just cast a guy with a weird looking forehead. But I'm pretty sure it's a prosthetic. No, he's definitely wearing a prosthetic on his forehead. I think we've only seen him in the first episode. In the first episode, in a brief glance, and now he's he's back. He's all over this episode. 
they're show, he's showing up for the same reason. They know the hackers in here. They have a fight. They're like, let us come with you. He's like, why would I? You're not cops. And they're like, come on. He's like, okay, just stick around. Like he gives in immediately. He just lets these non-cops join the raid. Yeah. Do you know why I think Jake stops wearing his leather jacket this episode? He's wearing just a, like a puffer vest. And I thought, oh, he looks much better. And I think, I think everyone felt a little better about Jake. Like, Jake, you're getting a little old for that leather jacket. They think he's they think he's improving. He's improving. It's like, all right, we'll like, let all right, you come along. It's great when they bust in this house, though. They they break out a uh, portable mole- molecular decomposer, which just like dissolves the door. Yeah, which is one of those things where it's like, well, that thing could really be used uh, uh, poorly in the wrong hands. Like, yeah. It just it just seems like a very very powerful tool to just use to remove doors. It was very awkward too. The cop who carried it over, it looked like it was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, I did notice. They bu- and so they bust in this house. And they're very nonplussed to find it's just an illicit gambling den. <laughs> it was like a little fun casino. They definitely seem to state that this is an illegal gambling den. Lieutenant Winger couldn't care less. In fact, he says hello to a senator who's there. So they, they've tracked the, the location to this place. They go there, and because they find a casino, they go, eh, there's nothing to see here. Wouldn't, wouldn't your first instinct be, oh, this is like a den of iniquity. There's a lot of bad stuff happening here. Well, I think what it's positing, like everyone in there is either like, I think their client might be there. A senator is there. It's come up before, but there's this real idea that the wealthy 1% like. Control everything. Control everything to the point now where like Sid and Jake don't even care. They're like, oh, well. I get what they were saying. Okay, there's there's people of power there, so they're not gonna they don't want to ruffle any feathers. But it all just seemed like very bad police work. This episode has the same problem that almost all tech war episodes have, which is you're gonna start somewhere and you know you're gonna end up back there again. And that's happened episode after episode. They start in the airport. Guess where they gotta get to at the end? The airport. And this episode, spoiler, guess where they gotta get to? Back to the stupid casino at some point. They're they're very economical with their location right well that's what it is that's what it is they're like well, we got to get at least three scenes out of this location guys so the illicit gambling den is a bust they step outside and another kid has been turned by destructor pulls yeah. out a gun and he shoots sid in the chest i had i had your voice in my head mocking me last time when i said there would never be any changes and then beth left and then i thought well there's no way sid's dead there's no way why even why kill him he hasn't done anything at this point the show why even get rid of him it's so abrupt it was so abrupt and the characters also don't really like and he's been shot in the chest before yeah that's and he right. had a bulletproof vest yeah but this time he's not wearing his bulletproof vest and and he's dead and i kept thinking oh well they're not even talking about it he must be in a hospital or something but no he's dead no they kill him right there. i honestly Sid's at this dead. point for this episode i kept saying i'm like okay so he's still in the vr from earlier and the like, right i kept coming up with reasons sid wasn't dead yeah i did the same thing i didn't want him to be dead this show is like game of thrones in its ability to just like kill off a lead character except there's no lead up there's no even tension to it like sid has basically been in one scene where he was a bit of a dick to their client and they never dealt with it and the next scene he's you see him in he's just getting shot to death like the all like there are three people in the credits for this show jake sid and shatner shatner hasn't been an episode for episodes weeks at this point yeah and now sid is dead sid is not sid is killed off the show well and and the weird thing is that i I really do think they just thought at one point it's better to have him have a new partner every episode and it's weird to have him have sid off on the corner so let's just kill sid but it just seemed so weird the way it was done and and i actually i actually wrote one note i said sid's death had such a little emotional effect on me that when jake called neek and she was crying i actually have forgotten why (laughs) and the way it was done was just so dumb no i mean they they killed said sid like he was an extra like he had like a one-liner that they needed to kill it was it it was insane the show is insane the most creative thing this show does is find out ways to replace sid and now they've come up with the most drastic way which is i just kill him but it gets us it gets us moving on because you're right. Danny is now Jake's partner for the episode. Yeah. As soon as he's dead, they almost immediately move on. We get a little insight to Danny. I guess he is at a boarding school. That sort of explains why he's not mentioned at all. But they do mention that, yeah, he's off at a boarding school. Because he's like, I got to send you back. Now that Sid's dead, you should go back to school. So let me ask you, do you think in the future all kids go to boarding school? Or Jake's just really spending his salary to try to get this kid the best, the best that he can get. You know? Oh no! I I assume it's uh, Jake's ex-wife and her new husband who are paying for it all. Her new her new husband Steve. 
I think Jake sees him twice a year and uh, does not pay child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know you're going to be moving on, but I think it's at this point where Jake's son, what's his name? Stevie? Danny. Danny. Uh, Danny. Danny says he got the game on a disc with the homework. Oh, no, it was, no, it, no, was no. it was the other kid. That's the, the kid who just killed Sid, they get to go to the hospital to see him. Right. And by the way, let me just side note. The kid looks identical to Cameron Crowe. Identical. Right. Did you catch the kid's name? I don't know. Cameron? Luke Gray. Oh, Luke Gray. Close to me. So close. Oh, look at that. So close. Yeah, I, di- I didn't notice. I was too busy going, that looks exactly like a young Cameron Crowe. But yeah, he's, he mentions that, that he got it on a disc with his homework, uh, which one I was like, what? I understand their homework comes on disc. It's one of these like, hey, in the future, uh, homework's on discs or whatever. That's the thing is because they took it off the Matrix. Now this hacker has somehow got them onto all of, uh, what What do they call? Yeah, they call them school discs. Like, it, But the kid mentions, uh, I thought it was a reward for getting my work done. And, and, I, and I thought, oh, hold on here. So one, the teacher's putting your your homework assignments on a disc and then they also put like a little treat on there for if you get it done. If I was a kid, I would go play the game and not not do my homework. This, anyway. This kid's a good, honest straight shooter. Yeah. Quite good at straight shooting, actually, because he took his dad's, <laughs> dad's gun, he said. He, yeah. Which in a really dark turn, he's just like, I took my dad's gun. I'm like, oh, that's so dark. Um, let me mention one thing. So this kid's in the hospital, and the reason he's in the hospital is because Jake shot him with the like um, the laser gun thing. How much damage does this gun do, though? Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems weird. So they have guns which shoot and kill you, but a laser gun, it does at least enough damage that Jake has shot a child and put him into the hospital. So it's clearly done some serious damage, right? Still, still non-lethal, I guess. I guess non-lethal. I, guess. I mean, the kid's peeing blood, but it's non-lethal. Hey, he killed his partner. Kid, That's true. Kid deserved worse. <laughs> yeah. It's at this point uh, that we introduce a totally redundant character. Um, who will keep popping up, and we probably won't come back to her too much. Uh, she was, I actually but f- found her very irritating. Jake needs to go talk to a hacker terrorist to get some insight on his terrorist. And these scenes are just recreations of Silence of the Lambs. He goes and talks to a, someone who talks to him very cryptically to try to get insight onto another hacker killer. And she just doesn't have any answers. She just speaks very cryptically to him. They're trying to, to cop that, the Silence of the Lambs sort of thing, but it just doesn't work, and it and it pales in comparison. It makes it look even lamer than it is. I mean, the actress is doing her best, but it's a terrible, terrible time. I mean, she had good posture. I'll say that for her, I guess. T- Tanya Martin, wasn't that her name? Tanya Martin, that's that's the name of the hacker. She killed 98 people. Well, you know what, you know what uh, uh, Jake said? takes one sick mind to know what the other sick mind is about to do. That was his line. I wrote that down. I was like, oh, what a what a, what poetry. He's got a lot of bon mots, that guy. Um, I, this scene is almost strictly so that Jake can then get in a car with a cab driver who can then be infected by the virus because the virus is now in the adway. I, I do like that they call it the adway, which is so dumb. That because there's advertisements on the highway, it's now called an adway. Yeah. It's stupid. I, I mean... It's stupid. It's such a it's such a it's such a huge leap to get like they need to get him into a taxi on this stupid adway. Yeah. But up to this point, we he's been in taxis before that are self-driven. Yeah. And this car, in fact And he has a car. The driver, when he goes crazy, is gonna drive it and like try to kill them in the car. He has to turn the autopilot off <laughs> in order to go like I'm just yeah. like it's so many things were added for this like to even like like just like all right we need him to get into this car and then we need the driver to go crazy and we but it's autopilot so there's no reason for a driver but it's okay he'll turn it off and then he'll drive us into a wall aren't we bending the rules of of what has just been established which is you play a video game there's sort of a subliminal message that makes you aggressive now just by seeing the spinning thing that's all it takes now yeah Okay. He, he took it out of the video game and now he can just put it on a wall and you'll go crazy. If that's the theory then, why doesn't, if he could just hack, quote unquote, the Matrix, why doesn't he just put it on Times Square or whatever? Just do that. That's more effective than one uh, one stupid uh, little cab driver. You know what I mean? It's just dumb. I mean. This episode's dumb. As Tanya Martin said, he's getting more daring. Yeah, I, I guess. Know. I don't know. Yeah, she was a real expert for some reason. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But thankfully, we jump back to Cosmo, and Jake Jake says it best, never thought we'd see you again. Yeah, Houston's back. Houston's back. I was actually, weirdly, I was happy she was back. I, I, I don't even really have an affinity for the character, but I was like, yeah, there's a character. 
And, she, and I, I actually assumed she's going to be his new partner going forward. That's what I thought. But tech war, of course. No, that's not. You what can't. You can't know. Here's my question for you, though. Yeah. She was in the last episode, right? Uh, I think there was an episode in between. Was there an episode in between? I'm not sure there was. She's in episode six. She's an alter ego with the AI. Oh, that's funny. Because I'm like, as soon as I saw her, they're like, I never thought I'd see you. We'd never see you again is what Jake says. And I'm like, how much time has happened between these episodes? Because they even say they've tried to have dinner five times. Maybe it was five nights in a row. At most a week has gone by, but I'm just like, maybe a month has happened between episodes. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, like as much time as possible. But my favorite part is that she's come back because she's here to avenge Sid. And she says because she wanted to return the favor of the time he saved her life. And I was like, when did he save her life? I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, he threw that lamp at that force field. I, <laughs> like, is, that's not a reason to come avenge someone. Sorry. She She's taken a break from her job to come avenge Sid for that one time he did very little to help them. But who would have thought that Houston would be back as a recurring character before Beth? I didn't think that. Oh, it's crazy. And they immediately start trying to figure out what they should do next and have the almost the exact same fight about they both dislike each other's plans. I'm just like... Back yeah, he, to normal. Yeah, I, I, I put that uh, Jake is getting aggressive just to remind everyone he's a dick. Like, there's no reason for him to be aggressive other than like, well, we really have these two that like fighting. So well, like, I guess oh, that, so I guess lame. that's their thing. They got a lot of heat between them. Now he has two partners. I guess Danny's now shunned to the side, actually. Danny's gone. <laughs> yeah, now that's Houston, right. Halfway through the episode, Houston steps in as the new side as his new sidekick. And still no Shatner. So, oh, yeah. Still no Shatner. And from here, they're like, they finally decide, oh, maybe we should look at our client. Does he have any enemies? I kind of, at this point, I was like, oh, God. Like, how long is this going to go? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm making it sound like Houston and Jake had the idea. They didn't. He goes back to Tonya Martin again. Right. And she tells him, doesn't that guy have any enemies? And he's like, oh, that's an interesting idea. It does feel like he goes back at least three or four times. He goes back a lot. And the only reason he goes back is to drive the plot. Like, she just tells him, like, look at his enemies. This is the point where they go back to the gambling den because their client has an enemy by the name of Rock Murphy, who I guess they're enemies because they're gamblers. And like this guy lost a little bit of money to him one time. This is like this whole thing is a very flimsy reason that this would all be happening. But they're like, let's go to the gambling den and arrest this guy. And as as they're dragging him out of the gambling den, a cop in the car gets violence things and he gets shot dead in the exact same place that Sid got shot dead. Oh, was it the same place? It's like it's it's next to the car. Like they literally just kept the same setup and shot him again. That's funny. Uh, but this time the hacker is in the cop networks and has and has brainwashed a cop to kill him. Mm-hmm. Did you notice how Winger took the cop down though, Lieutenant, no. Lieutenant Winger? I didn't know. He like open hand slams the cop's chest and the cop just goes flying. So what do you think is his deal? He oh he mentions at one point he's engineered, right? I did write down. I'm like, what is he? Yeah. Well, because it's he's not human. It's quite clear. You just have this character who acts sort of robotic. I'm like, hey, what is he? Is he an alien? Is he a robot? Is he a... He's just a by-the-book cop. He's just a by-the-book cop with a very large forehead. With a very flat, large forehead. So their only suspect is dead once again. And obviously he's not the hacker because the hacker got him killed. Jake, once again out of ideas, returns to jail for another Sons of Lamb scenes with Tanya Martin. Which, in this circumstance, he realizes people who commit violence like to watch it happen... So they should look at surveillance cameras and see if he's like hacked that, the what, surveillance oh, camera. Oh, is that the leap of logic they did? I, I, every time they they went to Tanya in the cell, I was just like, this is pointless and there's there's no reason for this dialogue. So I just tuned out. Yeah, that's basically it. Nika goes into the police surveillance network and like waves her hands at some like virtual reality things. And like literally like she raises her hand up and grabs me in there and she's like, ah, I got his code. I'm like, oh, OK. That's well, how, maybe maybe he maybe he sprayed his passwords all over the Matrix. Remember that in that previous episode? I do. Yeah. With this with this information, they now know exactly where he is. So he, so Jake and Houston run off to his hideout in what is it like? They cut from Cosmo, yeah, to his hideout, and within two seconds, they're sprayed with orange gas and just collapse. I know. They already showed to be in the game, you needed to wear a VR headset, right? You're not wearing a VR headset. Or to go crazy, you need to at least to see the swirling thing. None of that happens. No, they're they're in headsets. No, they're not wearing headsets. Yeah, no, the gas knocks them out, and the hacker comes and puts headsets on them. No, he doesn't. Does he, he? does. I I thought they weren't even wearing headsets. No, because when they wake up, hold on, he has them at his mercy, and that's what he chooses. And to so do. he's like, you know what? 
this is so effective. I think I'll let them fight their way out. Yeah, he puts them in VR headsets, which they could just take off because they wake up and they're like in the game. And right. And they're like, oh, no. I'm just like, just take off your headset. Well, see, I just assume they just the writing was so bad that they just went, oh, right now you just the smoke makes you go into the VR. No, no, they're just they're he, oh, that's he, even dumber. He incapacitates them so he can put on VR headsets. They wake up in game, basically. They're running around chasing him, and he's just like a man in a spandex red suit or something. He doesn't even use the violence thing on them. Like, he doesn't use it on them. All he wants to do is see them fight. Yeah. Or, like, I guess people fight each other. That's the only thing he wants to get out of this. Yeah. So they fake fight for a while. And when you fake fight in the game, you fake, like, you fake fight in reality Well, at that, the same that time. was another thing, because originally... Uh, Jake and uh, Danny aren't shooting anybody or they're not really physically hitting each other. That's not true, actually. When Jake shot Danny and he, they take off the headsets, Danny's on the floor. Oh, <laughs> like very just, dangerous. Like, I was just like, that's a very dangerous game that when you get shot in game, you get knocked to the floor. Mm. <laughs> but yes, they, they fight in game, which is happening in reality. And then they do take off the headsets and like Jake pretends to choke Houston to death. Yeah. Which lures the bad guy out of his hiding place so he can see them, like, fighting. Here's the thing about that. I assumed, as dumb as his plan is, his plan was to pretend to kill Houston and then go after the red-suited guy. And when and the guy has him, like, you know, they're going to go mono a mono at each other. Houston would come from them behind and grab the guy. That's what I thought. But that's not what happens at all. She pretends she's choked, and then she just lays there as Jake goes in by himself. Yeah, Jake just runs off, and then <laughs> like, like, what was the point of that? The hacker is still in his red suit. It's just a, it's just a hologram over him. He pulls this guy out, and he, the guy's just like, he's a nerd. He's a sniveling coward, and Jake just yells at him for a while, and that's the end of it. It wasn't the the most boring episode, but I feel it was one of the the episodes where I thought the whole episode was a mess. They didn't know what their actual idea was. Uh, they didn't know how to get to from point A to point B. Everything just seemed kind of messy and lazy. I, I think it's the story of tech or like a good seed of an idea with just like no plotting ability at all. Like the plots are just like perfunctory. Right. Um, but it does get us to a beautiful closing scene. Awake for Sid. Oh, yeah. Over iced coffee. <laughs> over iced coffee. That Shatner doesn't even bother to attend. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, but thankfully, Danny, Nika, Houston, and Jake... Nika, uh, the best part, Danny in Houston, who we've never really seen before and don't really know him, but that's fine. They can come to the wake. They all do what Sid has always liked. Sid always thought a speech or a eulogy should never be more than four words. So they each give a eulogy for Sid. I've written I, them down. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, I do. Because then I wrote, I wrote two of my own. Oh, good. Because I was going to do that. I was going to say right. we should do our own. Yeah, but it's okay. So here we um, go. Danny's eulogy for Sid was liked gadgets and people. Mm-hmm. Nika, big man, big heart. Houston, miss that donut lover. <laughs> <laughs> which which sounds like maybe like a slur. It's uh, hey, miss I, you donut lover. It's like miss that donut lover. I'm like, hey, listen, don't have to bring up the fact you fucked those donuts that one time <laughs> at his wake. And Jake's possibly the worst. Jake's was best of the best. It's yeah. like, that's the best you can do for your dead partner. So do you have one? I don't. Why don't you do one? Well, I thought of two while I was watching that scene. And Houston kind of stole from me. But my first was, couldn't stop eating donuts. And then the one I actually like more, which I think is more true to the character of Sid, never had any lines. <laughs> Those are both pretty good. Yeah. Ugh, can I couple them off the top of my head? Bad writing killed Sid. Oh, that's good. I think I think that's a perfect way to end the episode. All right. Let's get into Tech War. Episode 8, Chill Factor. There's got to be a way to override that program. We have another problem. I thought I told you to stay back. I told her not to. Unless you want to wear the lady's brain on your shirt, I suggest you give me the gun, partner. Call my friend. Either help us get out of here alive, or I'll take you out in a crowd box. <laughs> what's the what's the uh, what's this episode about? A convicted felon is about to be on ice. 
but injects himself with a deadly virus which causes the ice computer to believe it is a real threat and stops the freezing as well as undoing several others. The computer tries to kill all infected. Um, Another ponytail bad guy. This is Conrad Lowell. What do you, you think of him overall as a character? Didn't he seem like the actor was, he was doing something? I don't know what it was. It was, it was a little bit larger than life. I don't know how I felt about it. He he was doing something like he I couldn't put my finger like he was a little bit southern. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like he was kind of trying to do a southern accent. I thought, well, that's odd, but maybe that's actually what his accent. Yeah, was. I don't know. I felt like he was doing a character though. Um, but yeah, not a very good character. As we come in, Conrad Lowell is being put into a freezer. There's another senator there. There's so many senators in the mm-hmm. show, and the senator calls him or thanks Jake for catching him because he's a ruthless bandit which is the only explanation we get for him. We also actually learned that he's a security engineer who des- redesigned the freezer too. Like it, yeah. I'm just like, did you guys not do any background checks on this guy when he like put in your security system? It's insane. But they're freezing him for whatever crimes he committed and Jake is there because Jake gets to go to the freezer every time he catches a bad guy. I mean, he's been sympathetic, I think, before, but again, to my point of uh, inconsistent characterization, he seems very anti-freezing now where he was like he's had no problem freezing people before he's suddenly very concerned with the civil rights of people in a freezer like yeah. he he's very upset about it with the deputy warden it makes as much sense for him to suddenly be so angry about this as it did for sid to be angry about bureaucrats in the pre- previous episode it was yeah. just like oh we need we need someone to be angry in a scene yeah we, we really want to get across this one idea very yeah. quickly also let me cut you off real quick sorry Jake has another new jacket in this episode. I know I'm obsessed with his jackets, but like he's he's it's, he's looking a lot better. He's got you, another new jacket. You think he? You think it's maybe this is it? Maybe he's growing as a character. Like his yeah. opinions are changing. He used to be on Tech Posse's side. Now he's worried about civil rights. He's and, getting better jackets. And the costume designers uh, showing that very subtly through his clothing. It's a very subtle program. Yeah, I, I don't think that's what it is, but let's go with it. As soon as Lowell's in the freezer, Jake walks away. Except. Uh, the computer detects the Matzo virus in, in Lowell. Mm-hmm. So they immediately defrost him, which is obviously a ploy. Um, and he takes hostage the deputy uh, the deputy warden and just some other guy who's there with the help of his inside man. And as the alarm's going off, Jake beats up a guard at the freezer. It made no sense. Because the guard says, oh, you need to evacuate. So Jake punches him in the face. I know. Can you imagine that? So like, does he do this when like a mall's closing? Like, sir, you're going to have to, uh, we're, you know, mall's closing in five minutes. He just beats the person up. It made no sense. Yeah, the guy's like, there's an emergency, sir. You need to leave. Punches him in the face. And he goes up to the computer and the computer's like, oh, you have G7 clearance. I'll tell you anything you want. And I'm just like. So you could have just like you could have just gone back in like you have clearance to be here. Also, why would he have clearance at this prison? He shouldn't have clearance at all. It doesn't make any sense. Preferred if, customer. If you're if you're if you're a detective and you go to a jail, you don't have any preferred. You don't have a clearance at, at a jail. It makes no sense. He's got a card. They stamp it every time he brings <laughs> yeah. the freezer in. Once he gets ten, and he gets he gets a free clearance. Right. This is not important. We don't need to talk about this, but. Uh, at this point, we go to credits, and this is the first credit sequence without Sid. So now the credits have two people. There's only two people in the credits from the show, Cardigan and Shatner, who hasn't been in it now. I don't even know how many episodes. Like, I, It's been... I think he. I think it was maybe... Five or six. I, I was three or four was his last time he had shown up. I don't know. It's been so long since he's been in it. But like now there's only two credits for Cardigan and Shatner. This show is just insane. You know what's funny? I didn't notice that because I I always skip through the credits because I hate the music so much that I I skip through it. So I didn't notice that that they had changed. Um, and they don't. But it's not like they put Nika in or like someone else in to fill that spot. Right. It's just like two people now in the opening credits. Well, no one can fill Sid's spot. We come back and like the next I feel like ten minutes is just setting up all of the expendable characters in this show. Yeah. Because right now we've got Deputy Warden, some other guy who's a prison guard. We've got Conrad Lowell, the ruthless bandit who's running this escape. And then they dethaw two rando criminals, Atlas, who's in there for hijacking an aero shuttle and killing five people, who also has freezer dementia. Yeah, I know. He yeah. keeps seeing invisible cats everywhere. Yeah, he was he was probably my favorite part of the show. He's just he's a, I think it was great. He's like a really big guy just basically playing it like he's like a six-year-old in a man's body. Yeah. I was pretty sure they weren't going to mention freezer burn because that was a whole big thing of the last time. Mm-hmm. And they, but like now they don't really mention up. it. 
Um, and they also unfreeze an assassin, a professional assassin named Iceman. I with know. With huge blue face tattoos. Do you think it was coincidental that he, do you think he was going through and he's like, this guy's already named Iceman. He's frozen. That'll probably work. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Good synergy. And um, the tattoos look terrible, by the way. At, at, one, at least one scene, you can see them running on from the guy's sweat. Like, it's terrible. So those, so those are the characters we introduce. We kind of have bad guys now holding the warden and this guard hostage. But Jake still needs a partner. Yeah. But here, before before we get to that, uh, this episode had it had the makings of a good idea, which was you're stuck in a tower or you're stuck in a building and you have to make it to the top to, you know, stop whatever it might be. And they kind of give you the hint that that's what this is going to be. Like, Jake's got to make it through all the levels to solve the day or uh, defeat the virus or but it's not really what happens and they kind of set up there but then they, they take a left turn as they always do as they, they always do but I mean it's something to set up like I, I, I made note of it I'm just like we're introducing a lot of characters because we're going to have to like watch them die like there's going to be a real countdown of who's going to mm-hmm. be left but Jake doesn't have a partner yet that's the most that's the key here is yeah. Jake Jake is running around the freezer trying to like save the warden well because that he wouldn't have, they wouldn't have you know given him a new partner after his partner died that's crazy so he walks into a room where he finds another freezer tech hanging out it's second dax ezra dax yeah ezra dax is now on the show <laughs> what's her real name i don't know i can't remember she called tara james in this yeah oh uh, nicole DeBoer that's got it. there so now we've kind of set up all of the characters like we've got Seven people we're going to be watching. What was her job on it? Uh, what's her job? Uh, I believe she was in charge of the cryostasis. And so she hears this 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 uh, this alarm or whatever, and she's just hanging around. She's just hiding in a closet. And like when Jake tries to leave, she's like, "I'm coming with you." And you're like, "Why? Just stay in a closet. It's perfectly safe." Yeah. Like, don't go with that idiot. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of nonsense here. The best part being they end up in a morgue while they're tracking the bad guys. And uh, this is just good uh, scene bu- or a world building for me is they walk through a morgue. Hey, if this freezer is so perfect, why are there so many dead bodies? Like, why are so many people dying in the freezer? I know. I thought the same thing. Um, but Nicole DeBoer, as Ray Dax mentioned, she's like, oh, yeah, they haven't shipped the bodies to the graveyard satellite yet. I know. That was weird. I was just like, there's just not enough like space on the planet anymore. You now keep your dead like orbiting the planet. Well, we've already said in this world that people get frozen as a as a, a, a punishment for crimes. And this place, they mention how much money they save because they just need to keep the lights on, basically. But then they're also sending dead bodies to... Maybe the idea is you freeze someone for like 100 years, you dethaw them, and you're like, well, now that's done. When they kill them, and then they send them to the satellite. <laughs> well, at first they point out, they're like... I know you've, it's been 100 years. I just want to point out to you, your fashion is its completely out of date. Now, do you feel bad? Okay, now we're going to kill you and send you to the satellite graveyard. It's a very complicated yeah. uh, crime and punishment system. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but basically, all this just leads up to Jake getting the drop on the bad guys and basically, like, getting them. And he blows it, of course. He, he, the thing is, he has his stun gun. He can just shoot them all. But he doesn't. You know why? Reasons. Yeah. He blows it. Ezra Dax gets captured, so he has to give up his gun. But at this point, they introduce the twist to the episode. Unknown to Lowell, who installed this escape route when he rebuilt the freezer last month while he was gone. Yeah. They installed a brand new AI who takes over in the case of an emergency. And she's not letting anybody out of that freezer. Sid would have hated her because she's a real bureaucrat. She's not flexible at all. She basically, uh, the AI is very worried because they all have the virus, this this fake virus that apparently Lowell has given himself to like throw off the sensor so he could escape. He won't, or the AI won't let them leave with that virus. In fact, it will destroy the entire freezer. The actual idea of the protector, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's called the protector. The, the protector, it's actually a pretty decent idea for a failsafe, right? But the idea then that Oh, there's an issue, so I'm just going to destroy everything? That doesn't make sense at all. Like, th- oh, that, th- that can't possibly be its re- re- response to everything. It's going to destroy the entire building if that's what it takes. If that's what it takes to get rid of the virus. Um, it's at this point, we leave the freezer for the first time, and we see the task force that has, like, gathered around to, like, help with this, like, problem there that Jake's trapped inside. They've got Nika. Yeah. So it's an all-star team. They've got Nika. They've got Lieutenant Winger. They're teaming up. 
to mm-hmm. help them inside. And they have, at some point you had said that there was going to be a new woman every week for Jake. Yeah. I actually think what it is, is there's a new bureaucrat every week. Because there's a new, there's a bureaucrat of the week has just shown up. Right. And she's from the Department of Corrections and she just is there to not be helpful at all terms. Right. Because Jake's, a, Jake's, as I said, he's a bit of a renegade. He's a rogue and he doesn't want to have the man telling him how to do things. He's got a set of special skills and he knows how to use them. Exactly. Yeah. And he also and he also needs Nika to do most of the work for him. Yeah. So this dream team is set up outside to figure, try to figure out how to get them out from the AI. And this is basically the first point where Lowell kills one of our seven. He he kills the guard and I'm like, it begins. There was eight before, there are seven left now. That's his threat. And he's just like, you get us past this AI and also I want fifty thousand credits and an arrow shuttle. Um or I'm just gonna kill a hostage every hour. Now they're fighting the AI and have to get them out before Lowell kills everybody. Which isn't a bad idea for an episode, but again, it took so long to get here. Almost almost the whole first 30 episode didn't need to be there. They could have just got quickly to this point. Did you ever at any point feel like there was a countdown or there was a rush? Because I, I didn't. You couldn't get a sense of how long anything was taking. It was impossible. Uh, I mean, and this is kind of like, now they're like, oh, what do we do about this robot? Nika's like, why don't we bring in the... AI architect, the person who designed the robot, and the and the bureaucrat's just like, I don't care. Just like literally, just like just walks away from Nika. She's like, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't care. And and let me let me mention that we were talking about uh, old forehead there. Um, he says at one point, because of my engineering, it makes me immune to the virus. Yeah. So so what is he? Well, the bureaucrat calls him a mecca. Oh oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, what is the mecca? She's, it's a slur she uses. She's like she, she refers to him as a mecca. So I don't know. He's some sort of engineered human. Hmm. I don't know if that means he has machine parts too. Uh, he's obviously some, he's got something special going on. Did you notice that? <laughs> so the protector is a, is a computer program. It's not a human. It just it clearly just answers questions, yes or no, or whatever. It gives information, but everyone keeps trying to reason with it. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's it's not a human. And even even the guy, the architect, the guy who built it, they're like, well, we better bring him in because he knows how to work on this program. He doesn't try to do anything other than like have a conversation with this program he made. And he's like, come on, open the doors. It's like I cannot open the doors. He's like, come on, open the doors. It's well, like it's it, it's the weirdest thing. It's a good point. Like I kept thinking that was how they were going to defeat it. Was there some sort of logic argument? But no. Like they basically keep asking it questions, and they just keep getting nowhere. Like that's the entire. This architect shows up and spends the rest of the episode just yeah. ta- the, talking it to no effect. The cost of the flight and his per diem were not worth bringing him out because all he did was argue with the program he created. Yeah, and got nowhere. I'd been very angry at the money we spent to fly him in. Although I did, I did. There is immediately after the scene. There's one great argument where Winger brings his like SWAT team to the door and he goes up to try to get into the freezer and he's just like protector let me in I'm a police officer and the protector's like no so he goes all right guys shoot at the door and he shoots at the door and there's a force field in front of the door and he just walks back up and he's just like AI turn off the force field (laughs) he's like no and he just gives up like that's his entire plan and he doesn't do anything the rest of the episode. Wouldn't that have been a better episode if the whole thing was just just them asking questions and just keep saying no? no? Like, how long could you keep this scene going for? Can you do this? No. Can, can you open a window? No. Can you not kill everyone? No. Just in just for 30 minutes. I, I mean, it, it, like, there's a whole bunch of scenes where they just do that already. Like, it's practically the episode. And uh, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but uh, at one point, um, uh, Lowell is a bad guy's name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at one point... They insinuate, and more than a little insinuate, that they're they're gonna rape that woman. Oh yeah, uh, and it's like Jesus! Look what what did that come that from? Com- that comes up in the next scene. Like they're they're trying to figure out what to do, and um, Jake and Esri Dax are trying to like resuscitate this co- the like the hostage just killed. Right, and Jake's like, if you set the resuscitator to like buzz, we can like electrocute one of these people. So just do that. So she sets like she like which also the by the way. Doesn't make any sense for why this thing would ever have that ability. Oh, I know, I know. Just like it, it saves people's lives, but also it can kill people. Like it makes as much sense for me saying uh, that pen on the table. If you just leave it there long enough, uh, it explodes. Like wh- why? Why would the pen ever do that? Uh, it just because. Yeah. She, so she sets this trap, and as soon as she steps away from it, yeah, Lowell grabs her and starts licking her face, and like gets really rapey. Yeah. Like uh, he, there's a scene. He almost he. They have a little cut, but he almost start, start trying to take her top off. Yeah, it, well, it's so weird. It like also it didn't. 
I, I don't know. It just seemed out of even the show's character. I was like, oh, guys, really? Yeah, it got really, it was really weird. I mean, it, it ends very quickly, but that's only because, like, Iceman picks that thing up. Like, Iceman dies right now. Like, right. Now we have six people left. Like, Iceman just gets killed by this thing, and we're moving on. Like, we almost, there was almost the weirdest violent assault on this show, but it's fine. Let's just yeah, keep going. Let's just keep going. Everyone's okay. So, basically, what they determine is, in order to get out, they need to convince the virus they don't have, or the AI they don't have the virus. So they get their blood tested. Yeah. But for reasons that make no sense to me, the fake virus that Lowell made to get out, when he was frozen, mutated into the real virus, and now they all actually do have a deadly virus. When I was watching, I thought, hold on, what is happening? They So it's like, like which I, I get kind of is, is the way out that the computer program actually is doing what it's supposed to because they all have a virus. But how they got the virus doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it's, like, airborne and super contagious. Right. Because, like... Also, did they ever mention what the virus does to you? No. Because it'd be funny if there was, like, a side effect later on. He uh, Cardigan always has hairy fingernails or something, you know? <laughs> like, oh, that virus. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, they never say what it does. Like, they never say anything with the virus. They're just like, yeah. it's, it's just a virus. It's bad. We're willing, the AI is willing to destroy an entire building to yeah, it's stop bad. it. Thankfully, Nika has an idea. She's like, if you guys destroy the AI's processor, it'll be fine. So they start a trek across the freezer, a like two-second trek across the freezer to find it, where they have to fight spider drones. Yeah. Which is a cool idea, executed in the most slowest, most boring <laughs> I, way. I know. Yeah, it is It is a good... Actually, I don't know if you... It's. Um, it, there was a similar episode of Black Mirror. I don't know if you saw it where it's something like that, except in that episode, it looks cool and you actually feel threatened as opposed to this. Yeah, it's like a, to- it's like a toaster thing. with like yeah. really bad spider legs. Like you could clearly just kick it and that, that's it. Fall it. Over. And, as soon, and our, our friend Atlas with freezer dementia, as soon as he sees them, thinks they're cats. Yeah. Just walks over. He's dead now. Five left. Like yeah. these, they're really just like at this point, it, it, they're just knocking them off as quickly as possible. Yeah. I really actually wish, though, he was the big villain, too. How great would it have been if the whole time you just had an insane villain who just thought he was seeing kittens? Kittens everywhere. Yeah. What, oh, did you catch what he called his kitten when he found it? Oh, um, I don't remember. It was Woody. He's like... Woody, that's right. And he wanted everyone to pet Woody. So he's dead. And after that, like, they don't even have to worry about the robots. They kind of just walk away at that point. The robots are... That's fine. We saw spider drones. We saw how deadly they are. Let's not worry about dealing with them. Let's just go. They literally walk... They walk from being told to go to the processor, cease a spider drone, walk into the room with the processor. It has a force field. They're like, well, can't do anything about that. And that's it. They've basically run out of ideas until Jake comes up with his, like this doozy of an idea. What if we all get in the deep freeze until our life signs are so low the computer thinks we're dead? Which, which isn't the worst. It's not the worst idea ever. I think the, the major problem is that the whole whole episode started because that guy it could detect that he had the virus so there's no way though the point was they're making themselves even more frozen yeah they're getting in they're, they're freezing themselves even deeper even deeper right which uh, yeah i know you're right makes sense and so they'll do this but if no one gets them out in 15 minutes they'll die and also because it's been like three or three minutes since atlas died it's time for someone else to die yeah so roy boy says I don't want to do that. And he just gets shot immediately. Right. And and again, I'll point out, this episode has no sense of tension whatsoever. Because it's supposed to be, they have to get this done quick. And and how long it's going to be. But there's there's just, there's never a sense that there's uh, impending doom. Never. Not at all. I, I mean, this is it. Like, they get in the freezer and we actually see something kind of, I guess, kind of cool. But we they finally go back to the idea that, like, everyone in the freezer shares a nightmare. Yeah, but it was it was executed terribly. I know, but at least they revisited the idea. At least they went back to show us what exactly that meant. The only thing I liked about it was Two-Face showing up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, they they wake up in the, they wake up in this nightmare freezer world, like, and there are only four of them are sharing this dream. I know. The Warden, Ezra, J- uh, because Jake, of costs, and... Why. And, and Lowell. But yeah, two faces there threatening the warden. It's kind of a cool scene. Arms are reaching out of walls and grabbing her. And uh, it's at not, which point. It's not a cool scene. At which point, uh, Jake is yelling, just, it's all in your mind. It's totally fine. And two face, this like burnt, half burnt face like criminal man, turns around and looks at Jake. And he turns into Sid. Yeah. At which point, Sid 
I believe says, have you forgot me already? And I'm like, yeah, we've all forgotten you already. That's yeah. how little effort they put into your well, character. But again, it's like I get what they're doing, this sort of, you know, making him feel guilty. One, he didn't really do anything to cause uh, cause Sid's death, so he really shouldn't feel guilty about it. But also, he just had, he literally just told the other person, it's not real. It's all in your head. And then it happens to him, and he should just be it's not real. I'm not listening to this. Well, that's, and, and also, how would that? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's just dumb. Well, that I mean, it's it's very silly. I mean, also, it's the most lines Sid has had in like four episodes. Yeah, it's it's we feel more emotion for Sid than we ever have. Um, at which point, it just turns out that this uh, Sid nightmare is really just Lowell, who's now Freddy Krueger. I guess he's just turning into their worst nightmares. Yeah, because he's he's a skill he has apparently. Yes, to somehow somehow control everyone's nightmare. Uh, at which point he turns into Danny and starts telling Jake he's a bad dad. Yeah, <laughs> which to be fair, probably is true. But that really like Jake just starts breaking down at that point, and they're not even. It's not even like they solve the problem. They don't find a way to like get the upper hand in Lowell. Like Lowell just starts getting haunted by his own ghost at that yeah. point and then dies in the freezer and they die yeah they just like oh yeah he didn't make it he didn't make it he's dead now. uh and like we basically cut to them waking up now that now that lowell has stopped menacing them in their nightmares waking up to nika just like oh we got here in time and got you out of deep freeze i know uh, and also that's the thing it's so feasibly and I'm, I'm being a little picky here feasibly they had what do they say 15 minutes and she said they were in for 16 minutes so theoretically at about 10 minutes she said we should probably get over there then was able to get over there very fast in a couple minutes and it just timed it very well that at the end of 15 minutes the doors opened to the facility so they could get in yeah i guess as soon as they went in the freezer the ai was like well all good now come on in everybody it pretty much wraps up there uh, some weird some weird little bits at the end though that like he goes to say goodbye to Ezra Dax, and she and and she says, "Oh, Nika told me that Boscom offered me a job, so I'm going to go start working at yeah, your she company, had a research job." And I, I, I know, I put that too. I put, "Whoa, is this how job offers are? Like, hey, uh, I know, I know, I'm not the person hiring you, but this other guy says you have a job, so I don't know. Start Monday. Well, how does Boscom even know anything of this? Ha- I guess he's been checking in the he's whole been checking time. Checking in." Um, and then, like, also the uh, the deputy warden, when when Jake turns, because he's all still about those civil rights, she's now sees his point, but she's going to stay and fix it from the inside. Or she, oh, she said, I value your input. And I felt like it was an innuendo. <laughs> you thought they were going to hook up? Yeah, I thought they were going to hook up because it's classic Jake. There were, yeah, I mean, there was no one else there to hook up with, so uh, it makes sense. All right, I mean, that's it. Like, those are, those are, that's the whole episode. There's not much else going on there. You want to get, you want to, you want to review these two? You want to give me your thoughts and reviews on the, on the, on that first episode where Sid dies? That terrible Sid death episode? I would give the first episode a five and a half. Five and a half. What do you, what do you give it? Because I, I actually just, I just thought the episode was dumb and nothing made sense. Um, but I did like that they killed Sid, not because I, not because I wanted the character to die, but because it, it was at least some change. That's interesting. Uh, my instinct is to kind of go, I think, with a four. Hmm. But I hate how they killed Sid, so I want to give it a 3.5. Just as, I just, I'm so mad that that's really? how Sid had to go. It's just like so little care. Like he, it was as if he hadn't been on the show ever before. Right. All right. What about what about Freezer episode? Yeah, it's like five. Five for you? Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to give it a four. I mean, it's as bad as the last episode, but at least it didn't these, die. Uh, uh, these rankings are dropping. I mean, I don't know. These were not hot episodes for me. No, like, they... I, they uh, Good he, premise, but, like, the actual... How they play out are just so, so boring. And, like, so much... It's just... It's, like, people running to dead ends that don't, like, like elevate the... They're not, like, ideas, ideas they have to revisit to solve the problem. They're just, like dead ends to make the episode go a little longer well you're right and that's i think the main thing is they're inherently boring you know like you're like oh this might have an interesting idea no it's it's just kind of boring and they just spin their wheels for 20 minutes and then there's five minutes of stuff happening so all right and two more tech wars so uh, real excited for the next ones but uh so far i i I, already the show feels like it's getting a little long in the tooth and it's only halfway through the season we have reached episode eight do you know what that means jordan yeah we gotta check if we're using the escape pod let's let's see what's going on in the escape pod here i'm just gonna punch in some numbers and let's see what the old average comes up to jordan mm-hmm. tech war it's just barely hovering above like minimum capacity 
it's go, it's average right now at eight episodes for us. Yeah, is five point zero nine. Oh wow! It is like so close to the uh, to the escape pod, but we're not quite there yet. We're going we're going for another round of tech war, my friend. Yeah, I have a feeling it's not going to make it, it unless something drastically uh, drastically turns around. Jake's improving. His jackets are getting better. Yeah, his jackets are getting better. Uh, my hope was that Houston would become his new partner, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and then I was like, oh, I could even go with uh, Dax. That could be his. Sure, that's his new partner. Uh, but then you know. It's not going to be. It's going to be some other person next week. You've got to test a lot of new partners yeah. and see who's best. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe that's the next episode. Is that it's just like a series of new partners he's trying out? And maybe, God forbid, Shatner shows up. Imagine we just never see him again. Yeah, it could happen. It's not out of the question. Before we go, if you want to get a hold of us to talk tech war or anything else, I don't, whatever yeah. you want to talk no, about. Hold on. Not at anything else. <laughs> well, no, we'll talk about whatever you like. It'll be no, no, great. I won't. Luke will talk to you about anything you want. You I want don't want to talk You want some relationship advice? Jordan's <laughs> got some for no. you. No. No. I have no. I, I have nothing. You can reach us at continuumdrag at gmail.com, on Instagram and Twitter at continuumdrag, and uh, those are all the places. Yeah. All right, Jordan. Uh, good tech war in with you. All right. I'll see you next time. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright. <laughs>